Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we're excited today to follow up on this topic of teaching your children about healthy sexuality or mm-hmm. or knowing how to talk to them about it. Yes, yes. We've talked about up through approximately age eight. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned last time that every kid is going to be a little bit different. Some kids are going to be more curious or more interested yeah. in knowing things. Others maybe less. Um, so you kind of feel out their age and... Uh, their maturity and interest level and all of that. But we've kind of covered about up to that point. And today, just like in the past with these other episodes, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how, like content, but also the process of how. Right. I imagine a lot of people listening are saying, okay, but what do I actually say when they are old enough to get more detail. Right. And that's a good question. And that's where we are today. Yeah. That's where we are today because right about the time, um, age of eight is when you're going to start talking to them more about actual sexual processes and, um, those types of topics. And, uh, that's where I think people start, they grab up and they get really Mm -hmm. scared. Yeah. Uh, especially how do I do this in an age appropriate way, in a way that's sensitive to their, um, their purity and their innocence. Yeah. Right. That's a question I get a lot. Which is Um, hard. Yeah. How do you, aren't I going to take away their innocence? Um, you know, their purity if we talk about this stuff and, I get it. It's hard to sit down with an eight-year-old and say, okay, now we need to talk about all of these things mm. that if the world wasn't the way that it was, right? we wouldn't necessarily have to talk about right. yet. I agree with that. We have to preempt the things that they're going to see and hear. And I imagine a lot of you, one of the biggest fears you have is um, saying too much mm-hmm. and maybe sparking their curiosity in ways that you don't want to, or maybe in ways that they will go and look or search it out or try to learn more. And so we'll talk about that too. Yes. Yeah. There's a difference between innocence and purity and naivety. And we don't want our kids to be naive, to not have information. We want them to have information and be able to remain and stay in those pure and innocent, beautiful spaces because they have the right information rather than sort of being in this naive space of not having, not knowing what's going on and sort of be at the whim of whatever happens to come their way. And it will. So how do we do that? Yes. Yes. How do we do that? So as we start talking about actual processes, you're going to do some similar things Right, you want to keep these discussions short mm-hmm. and sweet. 
and multiple discussions rather than the talk. Right. right. And we talked so much before about you preparing yourself to have the conversations and being open to having the conversations. And as the parent, definitely don't approach this from like, I'm going to do the minimum just to sort of get it out. And then I'm going to be done and wash my hands of it. And I really hope I never have to talk about this again. That's not going to be a good approach or a good attitude. Right. And they'll know it too. That's, that's the other part of this. And and they'll know mom and dad really don't want to talk about this. So I'm never coming to them again to ask anything. Never bringing this up. I'm just going to Google my questions for now. Right. (laughs) I'm going to Google. Yeah. It just. Number one place. Scares me to hear that. I know. Let's see what's out there on the internet about this. About sexuality and whatever it is, whatever question they have. Yeah. You want to do the prep work to be open and to um, be inviting and to talk about this like it's totally normal. Like you're talking about how your fingers work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's um, a part of your body. It's a part of wonderful life processes. And so we just want to talk about it in that way. We want to have it, um, have that foundation in love, have the foundation in responsibility in relationship, right? We want to talk in a way that they can keep coming back to us. So a lot of times I'll say, um, you know, talk with your kids and about like, Hey, you know, we're going to talk about some kind of cool things about how your body works. And a lot of people don't know about this. Like a lot of people don't understand what we're going to talk about and the way we're going to talk about it, right? Because you are going to talk about it in the process Mm. within the process of love and relationship. And, um, if it's your value system that this should be reserved for a marital relationship, then you're going to talk about it in that way. Um, and what the purposes are. And, um, if you're God centered, you're going to be talking about how God's given this gift to us. And, you know, you're going to talk about it from all of these ways. So, a lot of what I'm going to talk about it is going to be in that way um, because that's the the lens that I'm, I come from. So. Um, and I like that because it, it makes it special. Yes. Sounds like it makes it unique. Like you're letting them into something they want to be a part of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And when you do that, you also say, Hey, you know, when you're going to see stuff about this out there in the world, it's going to look different. Yeah. And then you, you say, so when you see that kind of stuff, come tell me about yeah. it and come tell me how you recognized it or saw it. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about it and tell me what you've, you've seen and how you knew it wasn't Love the it. right way. Right. Great way to do it. So that way it really pulls them in and, and they have this buy-in on like, Oh, this is something that's cool and amazing and wonderful. Right. Like this special thing that they want to be a part of but also that they're going to know more truth. Mm. And so they're going to see unhealthy messages, you know, in society, in the media, they're going to hear, you know, dirty joke at school or whatever. And they're going to come back to you and tell you about it. 
Yeah, and you see the need to do this early mm-hmm. versus I'm going to start all of this good stuff once they've come to me and they had some kind of neg- negative experience or or at a minimum, very confusing experience. Right. And then you're going to try to build this relationship of it's this special, neat thing. But now they've already heard about it. Mm-hmm. And so earlier the better, the definitely. The earlier the better. But certainly if you haven't done this and your kids are you know in their teens already, no worries. Right. You just start now. Um, But if you have that opportunity, the earlier, the better, because then you're going to start introducing and you can, they'll get these little, you know, they'll see something, they'll hear something, and then they'll be excited to come tell you about it instead of nervous, like, oh, I feel uncomfortable and weird about this. And they're like, oh, guess what I saw? And it totally wasn't right because they said this and this, Hmm. you know? And so then you have this perfect opportunity to say yeah you're right look at how awesome you were that you saw that and you recognized it and you could tell the difference right you're building their esteem around healthy sexuality and fortifying them against the things that they're seeing and hearing and all of that and you're strengthening your relationship with them which is such a great thing because in here as therapists what we often hear when it comes to the topic of sexuality, it was something that created distance and, and isolation yes. with parents because of how awkward the subject was or, or how mom and dad approached it. So imagine having the relationship being strengthened by this topic. Mm-hmm. Kind of seems almost not your experience maybe, <laughs> but I love it. And, and what a great way where nothing is off limits to come and talk to mom and dad about. Yes. It can be this just really cool experience where they just know, oh, I can, yeah, tell mom and dad about this, or I have a question about this, or I can, you know, have a discussion about this, and and you don't get weird or uncomfortable or shut them down or whatever. So what you're probably going to have to do, especially if you came from a space where you didn't really talk about this, is you're going to have to do your research ahead of time. You're going to have to practice. You may have to practice with um, your spouse or significant other or friends or whatever to practice using the correct terminology without freaking out, (laughs) right? To be able to know how to approach it, know how to discuss it without feeling uncomfortable. Right. Because that's one of the things I think is really interesting is it's totally okay in our society to talk about sexuality in unhealthy ways, right? It's almost like cool, like the dirty jokes, the, you know, inappropriate content, you know, just all of this kind of stuff that gets thrown into media and music and just all of the things, right? And we kind of laugh and whatever um, when we hear or see different things like that. But yet talking about it in healthy ways is like so uncomfortable and terrible. Right, it's true. Yeah. We're just, we're not allowed like, oh, I just can't even like, you know, talk about that. And that's a real problem. It is. And, and people are paying for that. And it really mm-hmm. makes the whole thing just very hard to understand. Right. And not just conceptually, but then application and you get married and, and how's it supposed to be? And yes. you feel one way about it, but now it's supposed to be something else. Right. And you've heard that maybe it's like something else, but that's not your experience. Yes. Yes. And it's been, you know, you have all the shame around it and you just, and nobody talks about it and you don't understand how to get answers to your questions when you don't know something. And it's just this very 
sort of weird yeah. flip of what it ought to be. And if it's the same way for your spouse or partner, now it's yes. Even yes, we don't see this in therapy ever, right? <laughs> like this is so this is so common. Yeah. So common. So we don't want that for our kids, right? We no. want to be able to have these conversations. And I'm sure you're motivated by that was my experience, but I don't want that to be my children's experience. So good for you. Uh, this will be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes. So lots of preparation, lots of understanding of like body processes. And, you know, even if you have to kind of look some stuff up or like, you know, refer to a human sexuality course mm-hmm. or something where you understand how everything works so that you can do a better job explaining it right that can be useful and helpful and being able to answer questions they may have exactly yeah Yeah. yes um so sometimes you again like we talked about before sometimes it's helpful to bring up different things when you're doing something like taking a drive or gardening or different things like that give it um, a space where it's not super casual or super formal. I mean, um, where you have to sit down in your Sunday best and (laughs) now we're going to talk about sex. Right. Um, and that can help it become this conversation. They're like, Oh yeah, well I can talk about this kind of whenever it doesn't have to be really formal. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about kind of topics around the talk, we're actually talking about, uh, male and female processes. Again, pay attention to the bite size uh, little pieces. But when we're talking about it, we want to talk about it again in terms of relationships. So hmm. we talk about this as um, something with two people who love each other, when you're, when you're parents, when you are married, you know, however it is that you want, what language feels the most comfortable for you. Right. You know, this committed relationship So sometimes it's good to introduce the topic by talking about how you've already been talking to them about their bodies and how special and sacred those are. Those are gifts from God. Um, How we've talked about modesty being respect for your body and respect for others' bodies, how you take care of your bodies, right? So you kind of do this little recapping. We've talked about all these kinds of things and that that you want to share with them even more about bodies and some special and sacred things about them right and so you can introduce that and then talk to them have you ever heard the word sex or have you ever heard the word sexual words sexual intercourse or what what kinds of things have you already heard about that right because it may be especially if you're talking if you're starting this a little bit later, you're talking to a 10 year old or 11 year old. Yeah. They've already heard. They've had plenty of experiences where they've heard things. Um, and you can talk to them about how it's actually this really cool, special sacred process that we're going to talk about. And that oftentimes you can bring, um, bring the world or you can bring, uh, you can bring Satan into that. You can bring society into that. However it is that you want to frame that as something that is, that they're going to take that special thing and desecrate it. Mm. They're going to try to make it common or degrading or like dirty or whatever when it's actually this over here. Right. Yeah. I like that approach. And that's some of the way that you can talk about, um, something that you're going to tell them that other people aren't really 
going to know about, right? And so when you recognize that people are talking about it and making it kind of dirty or shameful or, you know, this yucky, ugly thing or where you should flaunt, you know, your body or sexual processes, that they're going to be able to recognize that and they'll see that and they'll know, oh, that's not what's real. Um, that's not truth and to come and talk to you about it. So then that's where you're getting that buy-in to have people, to have your kids come back and talk to you about what they're experiencing with other people or in the media. Yeah. And I like the framework of if this is, you know, a religious God-centered approach, you know, God's plan is to bring spirit children to earth. And so of course, there's going to be a plan in opposition to that or, you know, Satan's plan to make it hard to bring spirits down here or bringing them down here, but not in an ideal situation for them to grow up and learn Mm -hmm. about God or about healthy things. And I think that that can be a good framework because they already see that in other areas. And so it's kind of an easy, you know, well, sex is the same way where there's good things And then there's things that can be twisted and taken out of context and asking them questions. I think they can probably help walk through a conversation about why it wouldn't be very healthy. Yeah. And again, if, if they're eight, you have to do this in a lot, you know, a lot more, a lot smaller way, a lot, you know, when they, as they grow and they get, start getting to their teenage years, you can have a lot more detailed conversations you know, about it. But, you know, what you can say just is that people talk to each other and you see in media, they talk to each other about sex inappropriately and incorrectly. You see that in the media. And because it's almost impossible to find real information about sex out there, you definitely want, when you come in contact with something, you definitely want to come to me and let's talk about what is right and what is true and what is real. And I, I, I love setting that up as if there's ever any questions, if there's ever any doubts, if there's ever anything, I want you to come and talk to me. I want to talk to you about this and make sure that you understand it and see it correctly. And so, yes. Yeah. Cause it's not even just that it's just, there's inaccurate information, right. but it can actually be damaging and that's yeah. helpful for them to know. Like a lot of these things will look they make it look normal or look okay or um, totally fine, but it's actually damaging um, if you don't know what the real truth is. So make sure you come and talk um, talk to us about it. So this is going to be pretty God-centered here. So if that's not your cup of tea, that's fine. You can <laughs> skip through or take the parts that resonate with you and leave the rest. Um But the way that I like to talk about that, uh, what is right and true is we know that our bodies are special gifts from God and that God has given us our bodies to do so many special things and work in special ways that help us become more like God to help us fulfill our divine potential and to be happy. And sexual intimacy is one of those things. It's one of the most special things. And then we talk about that in terms of marriage only. And that it's something that God's given us to help 
He's given us part of his power, the power to create life. And we do that by bringing babies into the world and caring for them and raising them and helping them to grow and progress. And that's one of the ways that we can be most like God here on earth. And that's pretty amazing and pretty special. Yeah. And then there's a second reason, and that's to strengthen the relationship between a husband and a wife. And I'm glad right. that's that's an important point. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously the, the procreation part of this, but there's also the unity part of this. And mm-hmm. my daughter, I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, <laughs> but we were talking not too long ago, probably about a year ago, we were driving as a family, and she said something about, oh, wait, do couples have sex when they don't? try to make a baby right like if they're not trying to get pregnant but they Uh have sex anyway and i was surprised that yes she didn't know that i mean i obviously am doing a real bang up job talking about it but (laughs) her older sister that thankfully this is like a family conversation yes and her older sister said yeah there's other purposes and she did a great job and i was very proud of that that's awesome yeah but it's a good point what's it for yeah yeah and um, I don't know how many times I've talked to people I'm like, I know I talked to my kids about this and this and this. And then like a couple of years later, they're You're like, surprised have, that they, you know, yeah. it just didn't went in one ear and out the other. And, and that's one of the reasons we have, you know, regular conversations. Yep. Yep. I mean, and I can, you know, I'll say on here, you know, I do this a lot. I teach people this a lot and I talk to my kids a lot and I'm very matter of fact about our bodies and how they work. I literally had a conversation this week with, uh, with my 10 year old son about what tampons are. Right. And, and actually what they are. Right. Well, okay. So when a woman's body hits puberty, then that means that they're now capable of having a baby and that the way that that happens is they have eggs and they come into the uterus, which he already knows what that is because we've talked about that, right? You can imagine. Yeah. Sherry's children. Yes. My children. (laughs) (laughs) And So that egg comes down through where it's kept in the ovaries down through to come into the uterus to be fertilized so that it can make a baby. Well, if that doesn't happen, then, well, what happens is the uterus, in order to make sure that's all ready to house a a baby and start growing a baby, is it builds up this really nice thick lining of healthy blood cells so that it's all ready to receive that those those tiny little cells that are going to become a baby and help it to grow well if that doesn't happen then once a month the body gets rid of all that blood in the lining of the uterus to put new blood in there so it always has a healthy healthy blood there and so when that blood comes out that's called the menstrual period and that's why you use tampons tampons are it's a it's material that you use and you can put up in the vagina to stop the blood, to catch the blood as it comes out. Sometimes you use menstrual pads and, you know, that's what those are, right? So, so, so just, Sherry just perfectly walked a parent <laughs> through how to describe this process right. using healthy words, using, you yeah. know, um, that yeah. was really good. And that's, and, you know, you can use, being excited about that is, I mean... I don't know very many women that are super excited about their periods, right? But right. being excited about that process or that this is really cool because yeah. it is really cool, yep. you know? And 
And kids really, they love that. They yeah, love they learning do. how things work and they love their bodies, right? They do, yep. And so to be able to talk about that and say like, yeah, it's so cool. Like this little egg is coming through and the body like takes care of it and makes sure that everything's all ready and it's really nice and healthy so the baby can start to grow, right? And that's really cool. And and yeah. I will tell you, I mean, straight up, my, my son was great with it. He was fine. And my other son in the back, he was fine too, um, my 16-year-old. But it's really funny. My Both of my girls were like, ah, mom, stop talking about this. This is embarrassing. Like, yep. It's not embarrassing. It's bodies, right? And we and we talk about this stuff really openly. And that's still sometimes the, the response I get. So... <laughs> Especially from my autistic daughter, because she's very black and white thinking and, you know, so, but that's just to say that, you know, you just, you keep talking about this stuff, you just make it super common and everything, and they still might balk a little bit at it, and that's okay, but I, I can tell you, they have no problem coming and asking questions. Yeah, and, and they're going to feel better about their bodies. I mean, I remember Mm -hmm. very vividly that for my daughters I wanted this to be when their period started it was an exciting Mm -hmm. like good for you isn't this amazing and awesome because I've heard so many stories about they weren't prepared it was terrifying oh yeah you know worst case scenarios and I'm at school and I'm wearing like white pants and my best friend gives me her sweatshirt so I can tie it around my waist and yeah and it, it wasn't like this hey I'm accomplishing something it's Mm -hmm. it's an embarrassing I don't like this I hate it why do I have this and I knew I didn't want my daughters to view it that way and so we really tried to take a different approach of how exciting it's like a rite of passage yeah just a really neat thing and I can say for the most part that's how it was and I'm really glad for that yes so yes it really is all in how you're framing it. And that's why we talk not just about the content, but the process of doing yeah. that and what you've decided that you as parents want to uh, bring and have, what do you want the feeling around these topics yeah. to be? Yes. So important to talk about that. And they're, they'll probably pick up some, you know, shame and some inappropriate, you know, things elsewhere. Yep. yep. But if they know, they can always come and talk to you and you're, you're just going to be super open about it, um, then they will, they will know that that's a safe environment yep. and then they'll start, they'll start coming to you and they'll remember the things that you're saying. Yeah. So that's kind of an introduction to kind of create this creating life kind of concept. And you can make some of those easy jumps then from... Well, this is how, if you've already talked about what the menstrual cycle is and how that works, then it makes an easy jump to then in a different conversation, talk about, okay, yeah. this is, this is how God made our bodies. I, I love this. I think bodies are so fascinating. I just, they're amazing and incredible things. And so it's so easy to talk for me to talk about how cool is this that our body works like this, yeah. right? And so as you're discussing um, with your children, that's an easy step to make from, okay, this is how the menstrual process works to be able to talk about, and this is why, and we're getting ready so that a baby can grow. And when it doesn't happen and an egg isn't fertilized, then everything flushes out and gets, starts over again, gets ready. But sometimes it is, and then you can talk about mm-hmm. 
that process. Um, so I think it's really, it's important to, you know, have the, have these conversations in this really positive, like, this is so cool that your body works like this and this is what's going to happen. And, um, to have them coming to you to talk about those things. So we're going to talk a little bit specifically about like, how would I say these things? Right. Um, but I want to come back to that second point of that strengthening marriage piece. Cause I think that's also an important, um, right. an important topic, um, that we have sexual intimacy to strengthen relationship. And I see sexual intimacy as the highest form of connection, right? It is a connecting, um, or a ceiling, if you will, of bodies, and spirits and souls. It is a different level of connecting, right? And it's very, and that is a very special and sacred process and should be treated that way. Yep. Right. And it is, it is the, it's so much more than just a physical connection. And this is why it's reserved for marriage. This is why it's reserved for extremely committed relationships where you've already decided that we are going to spend our lives together working through the good, the bad, the ugly, all of the things. Yeah. And there's that commitment. It's better mm-hmm. that way. Yep. Yes. It's, it is such a, it's such a connection and it's, it can be a very like sacred practice and experience definitely and was meant to be yes and again is that space where you're creating uh where you have the opportunity to create life uh but also not just a separate life but you are actually through this process creating a oneness of life between you and your spouse and that is very very powerful And so I think that's a really important point to bring up because that is probably one of the least talked about things. Right. I mean, in addition to the how exactly processes, but this is more of the why Mm -hmm. and just as important. Right. So that the how is understood in this framework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, this is so opposite of what they're hearing out in the world. Right. And so that is one of the biggest questions that kids have is, well, why? Like if everyone else is like, well, this is fine and you can kind of just do it on the first date and it's not a big deal. And you know, it's like holding hands anymore, right? Having sex is like holding hands. You just go on a date or two and Hey, you just, and it's fine. And they want to know, well, why, why is it not like that? And, um, and this is what we talk about. You know, you are, you're actually physically becoming one and that is powerful and you're actually physically exchanging DNA. It's powerful. Like you're becoming yeah. one. It's a very um, important concept to understand. And when you, when you feel the power and the weight of that, it changes how you think yeah. about it. Yep. And it should. So make sure this is part of this teaching process. Yes along with just the sort of the nuts and bolts of it. Right, right. So 
and we're keeping you on your toes and we're on, you're on the edge of your seats. And so we're going to end this uh, episode and come back and talk about, okay, how do we do the nuts and bolts talk? Um, and we'll probably have to put a little disclaimer that we're actually using all of these words in this, you know, episode or whatnot. So that we have that, but, um, come back and we'll talk about that. And this is a longer episode, but a really good one. And so I think that you would agree. We will talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.